Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terrilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. We just want to give a huge thank you for all of you who have left a review for us. And whether this is your first episode listening to us or your hundredth, um, we want to invite you, if you haven't, to leave a review for us. It really does help us so much. And not only that, but we do read through all of the reviews that come through, and they mean the world to us. Um, One of my very favorites that we have received is from this past year, and it says... I recommend the show to everyone. Seriously, literal gold. I have been listening since the beginning and everything they've shared has shaped my parenting. Not only that, but it has shaped me as a woman and a wife. Little did I know when I started listening that my husband would be diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. The first few months of surgeries, plus COVID, plus having a seven month old, plus starting a grad program could have wrecked me. But I stuck with Miracle Mornings. I still lean into every haunting thought feeling surrounding our new life. I've learned so much about being present and intentional and the list goes on. Not to be too dramatic, but this show was a lifeline for a young mother. And we just want to say that truly when we read these, we really don't think of of you guys as just listeners. We think of you guys as our friends and we're so grateful to have this community and we love, love, love sharing this content with you and we're so glad when we hear um, how you guys are using it in your life. And so thank you so, so much for listening and thank you for supporting us and being with us. What's up you guys, Roger Jessup here with the Utah house doctors. So you just bought your nice new house and what happens when something goes wrong or something breaks? We have you covered. We have vetted several contractors, whether it be from a break in your sprinkler lines or your kid punched a hole in the wall and you just need a handyman. You have access to these people by following our page. And these are people that we know and trust. All right, everybody. Welcome to Find the Magic. We are here with Jess Klasnick today. She is the magic behind Recalculating Happiness. Um, Her and her family have been on a journey to rethink and reprioritize what their life looks like and what happiness means to them. So Jess, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family and kind of the journey you've been on? Yeah, Felicia, thanks so much for having me. So, you know, I have a husband, Matt. We've been married for about 17 years now and about five years ago, We were sitting in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado. We had a big sprawling house. We had three healthy boys. Uh, My kids took piano and baseball lessons. My husband worked on Wall Street, which meant he would leave on Monday mornings, um, travel through the Western part of the United States, and then come home Friday nights. He was in the finance industry. And so we were sitting there and we were like, gosh, when we got married years ago, We literally have gotten everything that we wanted. Mm -hmm. Back then, we hadn't created this checklist. It was like a list of all the things we wanted to create in our marriage, in our life, right? Mm -hmm. We wanted the 
the Fortune 500 job. We wanted the kids. We wanted the house. Like the only missing thing was really the dog at that point. (laughs) And so we were sitting there and we're like, gosh, we have all these things. Like, why are we not feeling fulfilled? Like we should be happy right now. Like everybody says we should be so happy. We have everything we want. And it wasn't that we weren't grateful. Like we were grateful for all of it. It just didn't feel fulfilling to us. So we started taking steps to totally reprioritizing our life and deciding really what was important to us. If we were to put aside the societal standards, everything society tells us we should want at that age or that stage of our life. If we put those to the wayside, focused on what we wanted, what would that look like? And for us, that was just more time as a family. So our first step in this whole reprioritization of our life included us homeschooling our kids and us packing the kids up and me and the kids traveling with my husband Monday through Friday across the United States. So it was so fun. We would hop on a plane Monday morning. We would go to all these great cities. He would go to San Francisco or Seattle for business meetings. He would get up take off in a suit and briefcase in the morning. And the boys and I would go explore the cities and homeschool on park benches and um, learn about history and important people, you know, in this world. And, and that was our really first step. And then for the next five years, since then, we've done everything from travel the world with our kids to travel in an RV to (laughs) selling everything we own and moving to the mountains. And each of those with the new priority in mind of what we really wanted for our lives and our family. Oh, so many questions (laughs) I want to hit on there. Such an inspiring story really takes, you know, guts to do that, especially when you are deep in all those things that people tell us we should be doing. And I think whenever you hear the word should, you should be wary. So I think you were. Can you tell us though, initially, what feelings, I know you said unfulfilled, but how were you feeling day to day that kind of triggered this for you? For me personally, and it might be a little bit different for my husband, but for me personally, it was frustrated. I was frustrated that I felt like I should be happy And I wasn't on the surface level. I was happy, right? I had fun with my kids. We would go on nice vacations, but when I would really like uncover the layers, I was, I was frustrated that I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And I think for my husband, he had worked, you know, on wall street for so long. He was at the point where he's like, what am I going to just keep climbing the corporate ladder? That does not sound like what I want to do for the next 20 years of my life. Right. And so we, we had to make some hard decisions. I mean, imagine telling our family, like we have this great job and this great life and we're going to just walk away from it because it's not what we want. (laughs) It it sounds ridiculous, but when you, when you really dive into what is it that we want or what is it that we're looking for? It was the only thing that we could do at that point. Totally. And how old were your boys when you first made the leap to the traveling during the week? They were five, seven, and nine. Okay. So fun. I have three boys and then a girl and they're that same age gap. So that's really fun. So I, I mean, you said it sounds ridiculous, but I don't know. I think a lot of people feel this where the days are just going by and you're almost just like surviving the busy of it in hopes Mm -hmm. to get to the weekend or in hopes to get to a vacation. And I think all of us feel a little frustrated by that. Like you said, that we're like waiting to be happy. 
we've done all the things. And then when do we get to be happy? So what steps did you take? And maybe it was like a slow build once you started to adventure, but to figure out what was best for your family as you were trying out traveling and are we going to move? Like, did you, you know, journal or did you just go through the experiences and, and then think about it? Oh, that's such a good question. Cause people are like, how do you do this? Like, right. and, and I actually am a women's life coach as well. And one of okay. the things that I talk about when I work with my clients is that if you're trying to figure out the how you're starting in the wrong place. So yeah. the best place to start when we're doing this and this, my husband and I have done this every single time we've made a change is figure out what you want. And this should be something that you don't know how to get. So oftentimes when we're thinking about what we want, we pick things that we know how we will get them because Mm -hmm. that makes sense to our brain. But when we decided that we wanted to spend more time together as a family, we had no idea how we were going to do that. I mean, I saw my husband for the better part of 10 years for 48 hours a week. I saw him Friday night to Monday at 5 a.m. So that, that was it. So for me to see him more, that was like mind blowing. That could never happen. So we brainstormed a list of 20 different things we could do. It didn't start out with us thinking we were going to, the kids and I were going to travel with him. It started out with things like, what if you took a one month sabbatical or what if you left your job and I got a job that was local and we were both working local. We started thinking of things like that. And then once you get a list that's like five or 10 deep, then you get into the good stuff. Like if you force yourself to come up with 10 more ideas, that's when like some really interesting things start surfacing. So then we started coming up with let's travel with you. Or what if you could plan your meetings in a certain specific geographic location and we would go in like an RV together from meeting to meeting. Mm -hmm. And we started getting really creative creative at all these things that we could do. And so once you start like expanding your brain in that way and making yourself think of different ways that you could reach this priority that you have, it's amazing what you can come up with. Yeah. That's a really cool thought. The things that we can easily check off are probably not the big picture things that we really want. Exactly. And I think it's interesting that you bring that up because So many times people will say, well, I can't do that because I don't have that kind of money or I can't do that because of my kid's age. And really that's not true. It's like all these lies that we tell ourselves just so that we cannot make a change because people think like, oh, that's so fun. You did all of these things and how lucky. And yes, we were lucky. It was so fun, but it is hard. Like it's uncomfortable to walk away from a good job. It's hard for your husband who's been traveling for 10 years to all of the sudden be with us five days a week and managing corporate business meetings. And, you know, my kids still needed help, you know, like getting up in the morning and things like that. And all of the sudden he's doing these things. So, you know, we have to always remember, even if we're going after things we want, it's not ever easy. None of it's easy. It's always uncomfortable. And that's when I think, you know, you're going in the right direction. If you're like, Ooh, that looks like scary and hard. I'm like, that's what I should do. (laughs) Totally. So you're talking about all these kind of societal norms or as families, maybe we get trapped in. So it's well, like my husband has to work this job because we have to have this much money because we have to have this house or, you know, I have to have my kids 
in all, you know, our days have to look like back to back extracurricular, or we have to live in this place, whatever. So how did you find that faith? And, or can you go into, you know, after that traveling phase, because I mean, that was a big, huge risk. I'm homeschooling right now. So breaking that mold in itself is kind of nerve wracking. And you mentioned the other things that you guys, you know, struggled with, but you essentially knew, well, we can go back to how we were if we want to, the kids and I can just stop traveling. But that next step where you were like, whoa, we're way happier together. How did you take that leap? Well, it's, it's funny because now that we're five years into it, looking back, like it didn't all happen at once. So we were traveling with my husband at that point. He's like, I can't believe I'm in this job. I never see you guys. We had saved money for the better part of our marriage because we always thought we were going to start our own business, but we decided to use our savings and use that money for him to quit his job and travel the world. At that point, we thought we were going to travel for a year. And then come back, move into our house in the suburbs, him get another job in finance and like life would go back to normal. Right. Mm, Right. But once you start taking some steps like this, like we could have never gone back when, after we traveled for that year, I remember going back to our old house because we had rented it while we were gone. And I was so excited to get back there. Like this was the house I thought we would live in forever. I loved this house. My third son was born in this house. I mean, it was, it was so like heartfelt for me that we sat there and we're like, we just don't want to live here anymore. Like we don't need this big of a house. We don't want all of the yard work and the bills and the, the tie tied to it that comes with, with having a a house like that. So we sold it and we moved into a two bedroom condo in a small town in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And that was just perfect for us. So all three of my boys shared a bedroom. My husband and I had a bedroom and I mean, it was like a 1200 square foot condo. So It's interesting what will unravel when you just start following what your heart really wants. And and you'll find some interesting discoveries about like how you want to live and what's important to you. So since then, we've actually got a condo in the city now, and we split our time between a small town in the mountains and the city, and we travel back and forth and we love it. It's, but I would have never thought that would have been what we were doing had you asked me this four years ago. Okay. So I just have to know which towns. (laughs) So we, we, yeah, we have a place in Littleton, Colorado, which is okay. like right in the foothills of the mountains. And okay. then we have a condo in Breckenridge. So oh, my so kids fun. are avid skiers. So we are yeah. up there a lot. <laughs> or my boys, they're crazy into it. They love it. So getting back to this checklist that you made to kind of think, yeah. this is our old life. And these are the things we checked off and thought we'd be happy, but we're not. Can you dive into the new checklist? So the things that you you realized were making you happy. Yeah. So the first one was just more time together as a family. The second thing was we wanted to experience the world in a new way. Living in the suburbs of Denver, you have a very specific demographic here of the kinds of people that live here, what your kids are exposed to culturally. And we just wanted, my husband and I wanted to see more. We wanted our kids to see more. So we traveled to, you know, third world countries. And we, you know, stayed in shacks and we stayed with families that lived in different countries and had different cultures and religions and 
just educated their kids differently and lived totally differently. So we did that for a year and we just learned so much. Like we thought we would learn so much about other people, but the funny thing was we learned so much about ourselves. Like we would stay in these, you know, studio apartment, Airbnbs, all of us, you know, squished into double beds. And we had the most fun we ever had. And when we left on the trip, you know, my nine-year-old would eat chicken nuggets and yogurt and that's all he wanted. And then we come home and he's eating like wild boar stew and, you know, raw squid. Like he just experienced this whole other part of himself that he didn't even know existed until then. So that was, you know, experiencing other cultures and, and people was important. Then once we got back, we realized just the pace of our life was quicker than we wanted it to be. So this all happened before COVID. So we really slowed our life down before COVID, but I think kind of the silver lining of a, what, what we've all experienced this last year is, is some of the the greatness in not having sports after school every day and getting to eat breakfast together as a family because our hit, kids are doing online school and, and all of the uniqueness that comes with that. And we get to decide moving forward what we want to keep from that and, and what we want to change. And just being able to experience that slowness was important to us. And then I think the last piece of this puzzle was just finding like work that was fulfilling. I mean, we're not trust fund babies. We don't have billions of dollars in the bank, which is so funny. People think like, oh, your husband worked on Wall Street. You must have millions of dollars. No, that was not our case. We used for 10 years, we saved our money. We used all of our savings to do this. And so it is taking a chance. It's going out on a ledge to go after your dreams and after what you want, just knowing at the end, you're going to be better off for it. And so I mean, I love doing what I do now. I homeschool my kids part-time. I have my own business on the side. My husband's traveling back and forth to Costa Rica, um, doing some work at like spiritual centers. That is something that Wall Street guy would have never thought he would have been doing five years ago. I mean, it's, it's incredible when you start to like take one step in the direction that you want, what can happen. For sure. Yeah. I, I made a few notes here of things I wanted to ask you about. I think everyone's going to want to know where you traveled. Oh yeah. It's so funny, this story. So right. My kids were young. They were five, seven, and nine. And we tell them we're going on a trip around the world. They're like, okay, that's fine, whatever. (laughs) And so we decided, right. We had this list of all these great places we wanted to go, but we wanted to do more of a slow travel. So instead of hitting, you know, 50 places and stay three days at each places or something like that, we wanted to stay you know, 10 to 14 days, almost two weeks at every place we went to. So all the kids got to pick one place in the world they wanted to go to. So my five-year-old picked New York, which was amazing because we could start in New York. And then my seven-year-old picked Paris. So we went from New York to Paris and then we bopped around Europe for a while. So my um, at the time, nine-year-old picked Japan. My husband oh, cool. picked New Zealand and I picked Australia. So we okay. started off kind of hitting New York, Paris, bunches of places in Australia, all through Italy and Spain. Um, then we headed over to Thailand. We did some of Asia and we went, we were supposed to go to Sri Lanka, but there was a dengue fever a- outbreak. So oh, wow. we weren't able to visit there. So we kind of had to rearrange 
plans and we ended up spending some time in Bali where a volcano was supposed to be erupting. So we, every morning we'd wake up and eat breakfast to this ominous volcano that was like spewing (laughs) smoke. And it was crazy Then we did Thailand, Japan for my son. Um, After that, we spent a month touring New Zealand in an RV, which was my husband's big dream. And then we spent a month in Australia. Oh, so cool. I mean, you named all the places. It will, what's so funny is you think after you do something like that, you're like, okay, we're good. We went to so many places, but you're like, now our no. list is three <laughs> times as long because so, there's so much more we want to see. Oh, that's amazing. I have to get some travel tips from you. I just wanted to take a quick break and tell everyone thank you for sharing your journal planners that you have received them and how you are using them. We love seeing the ways that it's helping you become more in touch with um, the person you want to be in the future and also helping you find a little space and pockets of peace in your day. Um, We created this journal because we use it and we thought that there might be some of you who could benefit from having a planner that aligns with connecting with yourself and your kids and living authentically. We hope you're loving it. And thank you for sharing. It really helps others see how the journal can be used in their lives. So thank you again. Do you know an extraordinary child, a budding superstar who is ready to take on the world and who loves to have fun? If so, he or she deserves a chance to shine at a children's business fair a one-day event where young people can launch and showcase a business. You'll be amazed by what children can accomplish, and it's a great way to bring neighbors together amid sunshine and laughter. At a children's business fair, children will make something with their own hands, sell it safely to a stranger, and experience the freedom and responsibility of having a little extra spending money as a reward. It takes less than 10 minutes to apply and as little as three hours to plan a fair. Just set up a few tables on a lawn and send a few emails to friends and family, and you can host a fair for free, and we'll even chip in up to $500 as prize money. Sound a little too simple? Join parents who want to equip and inspire their children to shine in the real world. Start your audition to host a children's business fair in your community, or find out more at podcast.childrensbusinessfair.org. So going back into your checklist, I think something that probably a lot of us experience when thinking about a journey like this is, or at least me, I think, you know, you go into that materialistic like mind. We are all exposed to other people's lives constantly through social media. And we see their house looks like this, they're buying this, their car, whatever. And I feel like our world has really gone down a whole new rabbit hole of materialism. There's always something new to buy. And you mentioned that you really kind of simplified and slowed down. Do you feel like there's a part of your ego that you had to work through with, you know, like selling your, like you said, like this house you thought you'd live in forever. That's like an end goal for a lot of people. Do you feel like there was a lot of that that you had to set aside? And if so, do you have any tips for people who might be in the same situation? 
Well, I think the biggest thing is the only reason we're feeling that way is because we're comparing ourselves to somebody else and what they have, mm-hmm. right? So if you just kind of put your own blinders on and decide what is it that I have and do I even want it, mm-hmm. right? So oftentimes we're like saving money for a bigger house that we don't even want. We just want the feeling of having that bigger house. So what if you played with the idea of having that feeling but not having the bigger house, right? So, I mean, we live in our, our townhome in the city is 1400 square feet. Our condo in the mountains is 1200 square feet. We have this, the smallest living quarters we've ever had other than traveling, but we are so happy. Like we have everything that we want. And I don't want to mistake it that I don't like nice things. I drive a nice car. Mm -hmm. My husband and I have one car. We drive a nice car. We love it. That's all we need because he commutes back and forth to Costa Rica right now. But I feel as happy with what I have now as I did when I had my closet was, I'm so embarrassed, Felicia, like my closet was full of clothes with tags on them. Yeah. I would go shopping because it would feel so good and it would make me so happy, mm-hmm. but I didn't really even want the clothes. I wanted that feeling of being happy and excited to get something new. Now I get that feeling in lots of other ways. I don't have to buy anything to get it. Right. That makes so much sense. I think so many people feel that like when you describe that feeling, I think so many people are in that same boat. You know, if I buy this, I will be happy. Or when my husband has this job or, you know, we've been in kind of a weird journey the last couple of years. We thought we were going to be building a new house and we moved into a small rental property and circumstances, you know, through COVID and different things we ended up selling the land we were going to build on. And we've kind of been in this limbo state for about 18 months. And I'd like to say that it was just like this awakening and I was so happy and everything was great, but it, it really was hard to adjust. I mean, going through this was, I didn't choose it. It was like just slammed on me during this last year. And I think our listeners, if they've been, you know, listening to our episodes have heard me talk about how I've really had to, it's like reprioritize in my mind. And it's like this switch in your brain. You have to make that I am happy regardless of the circumstances around me, which is really tricky because I think a lot of us do place our happiness on our kids behaving are does you know is my house clean am i achieving this and that and when that's all removed uh, and we have to go through <laughs> the hard stuff and reprioritize i think i mean we can either feel really frustrated or there can be a lot of awakenings that come from it and for me the awakening has been realizing that my people are what make me happy. And if they're with me, then my outside circumstances can change. So did you have any awakenings like that throughout your process that guided you towards where you guys are now? Yeah. I mean, while we were traveling, I'll never forget we were in Thailand and Thailand is known as the land of a thousand smiles. So my nine-year-old was almost 10 at the time. And we were walking through 
literally what would be the slums of Thailand. And he said to me, mom, everybody smiles here. They're so happy, but they don't even have water. Mm. And it just was like such a like pointed time in our life when he was seeing like, it isn't the things around you that are making you happy or what you have that makes you happy. I mean, if that were the truth, then like every celebrity in the United States would be happy. And we know that's not the case. So we have to decide for ourselves, like what is going to make us happy? Mm -hmm. And I always think like, just decide ahead of time, like, do you want to be happy today? I don't think we should be happy every day. That's like not the goal in life is to just be happy. We're having a human experience. There are things we should grieve. There are things we should be frustrated about. There are things we should be sad about. There are definitely situations in our life that we should be happy about that we're just not. And and when we're not, then we need to figure out what's going on. I should be happy if I have this, but I'm not. Well, maybe you don't really want that and that's okay. You just have to come to terms with the fact that you don't want that and other people do. And that's okay too. Other people are super happy living in our old neighborhood. I mean, I love that for them. It's exactly what they want. But if you're not, that's when you need to start figuring out where, where's the disconnect. Right. So I want you to kind of break down your tips you give people if perhaps they're curious about recalculating what they want. Can you break down some of those tips that you take people through? Yeah. Well, the first one, like we were talking about earlier is just with no parameters and with no restrictions, decide what you want. Mm -hmm. Like if you deserved anything you wanted in this world, what would that look like? And I think that's a really hard exercise for us Westerners to do just because we're not used to like daydreaming about things. We're like such work work people that we, we just say like, I'll just work to get everything I have that we don't really allow ourselves the expansiveness to really like dream about what we want and make it not concrete. Like make it look like I want to travel the world or I want my kids to start their own business. I mean, it could be anything, but really like tap into some of your own desires. So I think that that's one is spend some time really playing with that because what's going to happen is you're going to write it down and then you're going to be like, oh, I could never have that. Mm -hmm. But just sit with the fact that maybe you could, Mm -hmm. maybe you could have like the very exact thing that you want. So that's my first thing. The second thing is then when you're starting to think about it, don't consider the how, how am I going to get it? Just sit with the fact of like, I could maybe get this. It's a possibility for me. Third step I would say is to start thinking of like, all of the out of the box ways that you could actually make that happen for yourself. Like when we were talking about traveling with our kids and spending more time with the family, think of like exhaust the reason, like all the possibilities, talk with your spouse, talk with your kids, like kids come up with the most incredible ideas because they don't put like the same parameters around things. And then the last thing I would, I would suggest is just really on a daily basis, Look at the thoughts that are going through your mind. So I have an activity I I do called the thought drop. And the thought drop is something I do every single morning. And it's where I literally write a stream of consciousness of all the thoughts I have going on in my mind, right? So I think so oftentimes 
particularly as adults, we've been thinking the same thoughts for so long that we think they're truths, but really they're just thoughts that we're having that have become a pattern of what we believe. So if we write those down and at the first time you do that, it might take like 30 minutes to literally like dump everything out of your mind. But at the end of the activity, you should literally like feel physically lighter. So you write all these thoughts down and then look at them and see what you're thinking about every day. Like if you're thinking like, oh, another day of packing lunches or, oh, you know, I'm not sure what I should be doing with my life or I'm frustrated. If you see some patterns going on, that's like your biggest clue that you're probably ready for some, some sort of a change in some way. It does not need to be selling everything you have in traveling the world. Right. I would actually highly suggest not starting with that, (laughs) but it could be instead of signing your kids up for soccer, piano, and baseball this season, it could be just doing soccer, Mm -hmm. right? It could be just eliminating one thing. So I think the best way to start realizing what that could be is to do that thought drop every single day. I love that exercise. I do something similar for writing. It's called morning pages. From the book, The Artist's Way. I mean, it really is crazy to look at what just comes out of your mind when you're not trying to achieve something by the writing. It's just Mm -hmm. like a mindless, like just what's coming out. Um, So I'd recommend that also. And as you were talking, I was going to highlight that exact thought. If you're listening and you're like, well, I don't think what I want is to to travel the world and sell everything. I think just realizing the places that you are feeling that friction or a little bit frustrated. And like you said, it could be the extracurriculars. It could be, I'm trying to make these new fancy dinners every single night for my family and it's exhausting me and I hate it. So it's switching to maybe we're going to do the same three meals on repeat, you know, or whatever it is. I think examining where you're so busy that you're numbing out your feelings or you're Mm -hmm. becoming numb to life is so huge for me this last year. I've really thought about this so much. Am I just doing in hopes of an end goal that is supposedly happiness or am I really experiencing my life each day, my people? And I think that's at the core of what you're saying. You guys were kind of on autopilot and like your website is called recalculating. You had to think, is this really what we want? And you just share some great concrete tips for people to get there. So I'm grateful you went on this journey and you're willing to share it (laughs) with us. So for everybody who wants to find you, because I'm sure they do, can you just um, let everyone know where they can find you, website, social media? Sure. So more information about our family and some of the journeys that we've been on since then is at recalculatinghappiness.com. Yeah, we share some tips. I've got some blog articles about traveling and and things around that. If you're interested in actually taking the steps to make change, but just don't know where to start, I do um, women's life coaching and more information on that is at jessicaklasnick.com. And all of our social media is at recalculatinghappiness.com. Perfect. And then a question that we ask everyone we interview is, can you tell us a habit that's helping you find more magic in your life every day? 
Yes, for sure. So meditation. I mean, I've meditated for the past 10 years and I I think the the funny thing about it is everyone is like, I'm going to start meditating because then I'll just be so calm and Mm -hmm. it definitely helps, but that is not the end all be all. You (laughs) want to meditate and, and sit on the mat and practice that so you can better handle situations that come up in your life and just give yourself a little space before you react. So I I use meditation as a way to clear subconscious thoughts out of my mind. And then I use coaching as a way to clear conscious thoughts out of my mind. So when you use the two of those, I find that's like the real magic in my life in making changes and and creating new things. It's funny. We, I don't know if we've ever had someone like most people we've had on have said meditation or some sort of like outdoor, you know, like activity or experience like hiking or walking, which I think is a form of meditation. So that's really cool. Do you have a practice that you stick to? Do you use guided meditations or what's your favorite? Yeah. So I'm a Kundalini yoga and meditation instructor. So I use mostly Kundalini as like a yogic science. So you're working on neural patterning in the brain to like clear the patterns we currently have and to allow newer high frequency patterns to come in. So I'll do, I practice that for the better part of four years. So I'll use any of the meditations through there, depending on if I'm looking to change a habit if I'm looking to create abundance, if I'm looking to hold space for my clients, I'll use it in that, that respect. If somebody's interested, can they just Google that and find guided meditations that are Kundalini? Yeah. So I actually have a meditation series that goes out once a week. So if you wanted to pop on my social, they're all there and there's lots of YouTube videos. I have several out there. Kundalini is cool in the respect that the, the meditations will all do the same thing. I would say, just find somebody teaching it that you really resonate with, that you really like being in their energy. You like how they present things um, that you can sit there because in Kundalini, some of the meditations can be three minutes. Some of them can be two and a half hours hours. So you really got to like that person, (laughs) right? Totally. Okay, cool. We will check it out. All right, Jess, well, you were wonderful. Thanks for all your tips and thanks for helping us find a little more magic in our life. Thanks, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) Brown cows. (laughs) 